In the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Um, today's gospel is a popular gospel in terms of a story, um, but not always a lesson that many of us like as much as we probably think that that we do. We might like it in theory. The main message today is found in the first thing that St. Peter says to our Lord, which is, Lord, we have toiled all night, right? Is this concept of, of toiling, which is the exact opposite of the message of society today. I remember even in engineering school, I left very quickly, that one of the professors said to us, everything you do is useless. He told us that everything that's necessary has been done. Your job now is just to work on luxury. Um, because the era of toiling is over. We're looking for how we can remote control absolutely everything, right? So that we don't have to lift a finger um, to do anything. I've mentioned before I was shocked to find even TVs in mirrors in bathrooms, right? Like, lest, God forbid, you miss a couple of minutes. So, I want to discuss this interaction between St. Peter, the disciples, and, and um, our Lord. Because this is an interesting time in the time of the Apostles because they didn't know Christ yet. Um, this isn't a time when they've actually gotten to know Him and have a long-standing relationship with Him because this is the beginning of His ministry and we see at the end of the encounters that Christ calls them um, and asks them to be His Apostles. So the scenario that we're seeing is that our Lord is standing um, at the shores. He's borrowed one of their boats, which was very nice of them to let some stranger do, and saying, like, pull out and I'm going to teach. And so, because of the crowds is why he's doing it. There's just too many people and they're, and they're clobbering him. Um, so he says, pull out and, and I'll, I'll talk from the boat. So he does his preaching, and I'm sure that the disciples were obviously listening very attentively, um, especially because a random stranger is, is yelling, not yelling, but preaching from their boat. And something about our Lord was obviously very compelling, right? Because... This interaction, the whole thing that we're going to see, how Peter responds to him, is not what we're used to. We're used to seeing St. Peter overly confident with little to zero self-control. Um, whatever idea comes to his mind, he's usually spit it out before he's had like a fraction of a second um, to think about. And on top of it, he's all older than our Lord, right? Like St. Peter is much older than our Lord. St. Peter is the oldest among the apostles. So even in terms of the, the deference and respect he's giving a younger person, there's something different, right, about our Lord that causes St. Peter's normal um, reactions to be totally inhibited. Because not only does he say okay, like we said, but he's saying okay to a random person, and he's also saying yes to something that to him is a little bit ridiculous, um, in the sense that Jesus wasn't a fisherman. Right, that's Peter's trade, right? So here you have this non-expert coming in and saying, cast your nets, right? And so to St. Peter and the rest of them are like, are you serious? Um, we know what we're doing. We've done it all night, right? And now you're asking me to keep going. And you're asking me to keep going at a time that actually doesn't make sense, right? They would fish at night because at night with the temperature changes, fish come up to the surface, Right? And so you have a higher likelihood of getting a good catch. 
right? Especially given they didn't have their sonar gadgets and all that stuff we have today. So they go by what's tried and true to the best of their ability. And they obviously know what they're doing and care about what they're doing because this is the only way they make money, okay? So this is their trade, right? So they live and breathe this stuff. And here's some random person saying, I think you should try it now. And so our, our, we see St. Peter honest but obedient, right? I've, we've done this all night, okay? But if this is what you want me to do, then we'll do it. And only in this submission, right? And submission today is seen as such a negative word. Submission sounds like, oh, you're making us slaves. You're making us, it sounds negative. But when, in, when you lay down your will, right? When you're willing to get over yourself, okay, for a second and listen to something else someone is saying. How many of us have, like, been so upset with either our parents or our kids or both at the same time um, for saying, you just can't get over what you want right now. Can you just listen to me for a second, right? Both directions, this happens all the time, right? So when he gets over himself for a second and his opinions and his knowledge and just says, what am I going to lose by listening? Then he sees the power of Christ in his glory, right? Our Lord has asked Peter to do something not logical. He asked Peter to work contrary to his professional judgment. He brings up the fish by his command alone, right? This was not what St. Peter was expecting, right? He did not know that the person before him is the author of life, right? That the person in front of him is the one who made the world and who responds to him at his bidding, right? Because this is one of the ways that Christ was revealing to the people who he was. He did it with miracles, right, to show that he had power over nature, the supernatural. He commanded nature to show that he has dominion over nature. He did it with demons to show that even de demons had dominion over. And he did it to human bodies to show that he has dominion even over man, right? But not to enslave, but to liberate, right? This is what our Lord was showing them. And so his, the willfulness of Peter allowed him to see that, right? Allowed him to have that that glimpse as it was someone saying like, sorry, I get you have good intentions, it's really nice of you, I've had a long night, like maybe go ask these other people, but I, I need to sleep, right? That would have been seen as a valid response, right, by many people. And so the Lord's power over nature is manifested clearly. So the first thing to, to, to think about here is you have to toil, right? You, you, you have to work, right? All of us have to work. Think about anything in life that you think is worth having and ask if you got it for free and if you got it for free how much value that it had right can you imagine signing up for a job and just not showing up and just saying well I thought I thought your job was to pay me right where it's like well no you're, you're supposed to, to do something right for that payment can you imagine being engaged to somebody or married to somebody, right? And then after it's like, hey, do you want to marry me? Sure, why not, right? And then whenever you have something going on, no person doesn't show up. You have problems, they don't listen, right? You're going through all sorts of issues and the person, and you can't sleep and you're asking this person to stay up with you because you're afraid or you're alone or whatever it is. And they're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that, right? Then what meaning is there to a relationship, right? There's no meaning to a relationship in which there's no work. Right? There's no meaning to anything unless you are invested in it because it shows that you value it. Right? The work shows that you think it's important. In fact, it shows that you think it's more important than yourself. 
right? Because you're choosing something rather than yourself. You could sleep, right? You're justified to sleep, right? You could stay home. No one, no one can compel you to leave your home. But if you want to eat, you're going to have to work, right? If you're going to want to have a friendship, you're going to have to work. If you want to have any kind of anything other than sitting where you are, you're going to have to work. You can't even have a fire to heat you up if you don't chop down wood and burn it, if you don't have electricity because you didn't pay your bills because you didn't work. Okay, so work is an absolute essential and our Lord had made this in man and women from the very beginning of creation. And that even before the fall, right, it wasn't a result of the fall, he says, till the earth and subdue it, right? So work on this planet, this is yours, right? So this is part of our nature, is that we're supposed to work. Then the question is, what do you work for? So in one of the epistles that we read today, Apostle was saying, ask, if you ask, you'll get stuff. And he goes, but sometimes you ask and you don't get. Um, and he goes, and you don't get because you have wrong inclinations, right? He goes, you're not going to get something wrong, right? So if you're, if you're asking and working towards something good, then yes, right? And this is, again, out of, out of love. Imagine if, if your, your six-year-old is asking you badly for a rifle, right? You're not, you're hopefully not going to get your child the rifle, right? And, the, and he might have great reasons for asking, maybe, I don't know, I'm Canadian, we don't do that, but there, there's all sorts of reasons that they might have, right, for this that they think is, is justified, but that doesn't make it right. So sometimes there is a no, right? But what is this person asking for and why? So he's saying, seek the heavenly things, because our Lord knows how, he knows how to give the earthly, Right, which is what he shows them. He's like, okay, you want to make money, right? That's what you want, okay? So you want these fish because that's how you do. I can do that, right? So on my command, here's tons of fish. But we see immediately after that he changes the mission statement, right? Where he's just like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So you know who I am. That's actually not what I'm about, right? I'm about something much higher. And so when I call you, I'm not going to be like, all right, you know what? Whenever you go fishing, I'm going to come with you and make sure you make tons of money. Right? And so he says, that's good, I get it, you need it, now come with me and do something else. Right? Is that we're called to do a higher work. So the question is, are you working on the higher work? Right? Are you working on the spirituality? Right? Because many people say, well, I don't feel God, I don't have anything with Him. And the question is, do you work for it? Right? Do you work for it or are you passive? Right? Is your sense of religious life just a dutiful Sunday morning um, when I took a course with the Catholics, um, they used to call people C&D specials, Christmas and Easter specials, um, of a whole category of people who just show up on, on the great feasts. Is this your sense of, of working, right? Do you sing holy, holy, holy in front of the altar and then walk out and cuss up a storm, right? Do you say, Lord, I, I need you, I want you the minute you are, the first option that you have, you don't choose him because then you're not working, Right? These things are understandable. We have things that took root in us, right? But because they took root, it takes work to unweed them, right? Like if you leave your garden and it comes up with weeds, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to pull them out. It's, it's worthful work, right? But the only way that you can see a beautiful garden come in its place is to do the work and bring it out all at once, which is more difficult and strenuous and exhausting, or as it happens, right? By watching as it's there and making the work much easier for you, right? By just having some kind of attentiveness. So we have, we have to toil, right? Look at, all of, look at all of the saints, 
right? Even even of the living ones. I talk about Abuna Lazarus a lot just because I know him, right? But like, I will not forget at the age of 18, him saying to me, I only allow myself an hour of free thought a day. And I, and I was astounded. Like, I didn't know how, I didn't know that that was a possible thing. And it was part of his training. I don't even think that that's how he actually goes about things today, right? But it was a necessary training so that he could learn to bring his thoughts into subjection, so that he could learn to control himself because of the environment and the climate in which he's in, right? Is that these people work. Look at St. Demetrius, right? Our Lord is saying, I get your, your secular way, but I can change that. St. Demetrius that we read about today was illiterate, right? He had no reading and writing. He was completely opposite of what the people expected because our, our bishops at that time were starting to be celibate. It wasn't to rule on paper yet, right? But then he gave him the gift of not only reading and writing, but of exegesis, of writing very prominent things. He, he did have a real fight with Master Origen, which is not an easy thing to do because Origen was, was brilliant. And established a, a rite and a rubric that literally the whole universal church follows, right? Like from that point forward, God was like, yeah, I can give you those things, but use it for the right things. So that wasn't easy. It came, at the, it came with him from virtue, right? I can't imagine what compelled him as a married man to consider celibacy within marriage. That wasn't a requirement. It wasn't even a recommendation, right? That was just him and his wife somehow felt, let's strive for something higher. Right? And they worked for it, and they saw the fruit of that labor, even though it wasn't even necessary. Right? They chose it. St. Matthew right, was a tax collector, hated by the people. St. Right? Matthew is somebody who must have been like a complete and total reject right, by the Jewish society, because he's working for the enemy. Right? They're an occupied nation, right? that somebody has come in, taken over your land, practically enslaved you in your reckoning of things, and that you willingly and happily say, I'll take money from my people for you. Just pay me well. Right? This is seen as the scum of the earth by the Jews, and that's why they gave them a special category of sinners. Right? That's why when they say to our Lord, you friend of tax collectors and drunks, they were to them equivalent people, right? They're saying, how could you lower yourself to sit with such people? Because the Lord is looking for the heart of man, Right? He's looking for the willingness of man to work with him. And as we read another epistle, God is not a respecter of persons. Okay? In Arabic it says there's no kosa okay? with Rabbina. All right? It's saying that I don't have a special way of dealing with you. I'm not looking at your social status. I'm not looking at your wits. I'm not looking at your social reckoning of intelligence. I'm looking at who you are. Are you willing to work with me? If you're willing to work... I'm more than happy because the results of submitting the rational work, right, is that human nature, when, you, when you're honest with what you're able to do as a human, has synergy with God's work. And the fruit of it is far more than you'd ever be able to accomplish on your own, right? Peter did the human work, he cast the net. That's all he knew how to do, right? So he didn't say, okay, let me engineer this, let me figure this out. Um, he just said, this is what I got, this is what I know, I'll throw it. Right? It was the Lord who said, fish, get in that net. Right? In a way that there's no way that any of them would have expected known how to do. The power of God is above nature and it has a way of working incredible miracles from natural phenomenon. Right? Our Lord works through nature. He made nature. Right? So not everything actually needs to be supernatural. Right? Because this is part of His creation as well. The five loaves and the two fish, the parting of the sea. Right? He took something that was already there. 
right? He didn't create a new land bridge physically that goes across the sea that disintegrates as they go, right? He just said, here's the sea, I'll open it, right? Like, it was, it's very simple. You guys just need to trust me and run, okay? Like, just start running. Use your human power to run. And I'm sure there's little kids who could barely run. I'm sure there are parents who are exhausted holding their kids running, right? But our Lord took care of all of that. He just says, show me, you trust me, you show me, you trust me. With what? With your works, right? This is, this is the orthodox understanding of grace and works, that I must put forth my hand to show that I love, okay? And that my, my hand receives an infinite amount of grace that is not my merit, right? That is not that I earned it. It's simply me saying that I do want to work with you, right? And you see this happening over and over. Ever since I came to California, I haven't stopped hearing about St. Mina's Church in Riverside, right? Abuna Daniel um, of blessed memory who I never got to, to meet, right? And people would come to him when they're building, I, I think it's the most beautiful church in the diocese, that's my personal style, but from the ground, from nothing, right? Abuna Daniel said, just work, okay? You have some little offering to give God, give it to him. We're not rushing. We'll pray in a trailer. We care about praying, right? If it happens, it happens. Do your part. And there's all these stories of everything that could possibly go wrong and people coming to Buna in a panic, being like, we don't have enough for this, this guy is canceling this, there'd be all sorts of random things, like don't worry about it, take it to the altar, right? Do your work, pray, okay? Do your work and investigate. Whatever God wants to get done, he gets done. And they would all tell this little booklet about his life that every single time that there'd be an issue raised within 24 hours to 36 hours, they'd find the specific issue specifically resolved, and the end result is a church built on prayer, right? You walk into that church and you feel a different spirit in that church because it's a church built on the prayers of the people and their love for God. God meets our physical work with His grace. So, be humble before God, right? The reaction of St. Peter shows you what an awesome, and I mean awesome in the true sense of the word, to be filled with awe, what an awesome thing it is to be before the Lord. Because most of us, most of us kind of want to demand God to do our bidding, right? Most of us don't realize how rude we are when we pray, right? Most of us are coming to God at like 10 minutes in the morning, maybe, 10 minutes at night, maybe, and we're thinking, um, God, this is the time I have for you. Please present yourself. Um, because this is the time I've allocated for you. So this is the time where you're allowed to stand before me and we're like leaning and yawning and doing our thing, right? Whereas, look at what it is to actually be in the presence of God. St. Peter's response when he saw this, what he thought originally was a man, commanding nature, right? Was not to be like, that's amazing, right? Come every day, I'm going to make a killing, right? His response was, and we know that Peter's not always like this, was one of fear, Right? One of unworthiness, right? Fear is in the sense of reverence, not of being petrified, right? And says, get, a, get away from me. I can't be in your presence, right? I'm not worthy to be wherever you are. Please depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. He was humbled, right? And he's humbled because humility is like standing before a mirror with the light turned on, right? When you're in the dark, you like... You could be completely covered in mud and you have no idea. So you can be as confident as you like, right? Because nobody can see anything because everyone's in the dark. When you turn on the light and you see yourself, 
right? Suddenly you realize that you were exalting in something that you don't even have, right? You thought that you were completely fine in things that you weren't completely fine with. When you stand in front of the light, when you stand in front of the perfect model, right, and you stand next to it, that's when you realize how very far from the model that you are. And so your results is not going to be hopefully one of arrogance, right, which some people do have of saying, I just can't deal with this, so I'm going to make fun of the model, right, and talk about how I'm better than the model. Or it'll be, how do I become that model again, right? And that's where God is looking to work with us. And this is why St. Peter's reaction was one of estrangement, right, of saying, I can't. But our Lord's response to him was not, you're right, <laughs> see you later, right? Our Lord was to say, well, you're breaking your will. You don't think the world of yourself. Just you're saying this shows that you're not full of yourself. So I can work with you, right? I can work with anybody who's not adamant on their own way. If any of us are insistent on our own way, God can't work with us, right? Like think of anybody that you've had tons of arguments with that you're, you're asking them to change something because you know that it's wrong. And all they do is either yell at you argue with you or ignore you or whatever kind of negative responses at one point you're just kind of like I can't right like I, I've done my best I I can't like I did everything that I could I can't we often do the same thing with God right so the first thing we need to do is break our will those of, all, of us who want our own way will not hear the word of God those of us who want our own way can't be used by God because it means we don't want the truth because God is the truth Right? So it means that God's like, I'll respect your will, but I'm, I'm not a lie. Right? I'm the truth. So if you're ready to look for truth, to prefer the truth above you, I can tell you the truth. If you're not ready to handle the truth, that's fine. I won't compel you to. Right? It's just, it's your loss. Right? It's not, it's not my loss. Those of us who say, Lord, what is your will? Rather than, here's my will, bless it, are the ones that God uses. And that's why... He chose these apostles, right, in this calling of the gospel. That's why he chose St. Demetrius. That's why he chose St. Matthew. And that's why even in this day, the Lord continues even to choose among us for those of us who are willing to hear his call. May God grant us to say with honesty, Lord, indeed, we have toiled all night long, but for the sake of your word, we will cast our nets. And glory be to God forever and ever in the age of ages. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers, and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home, and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, www.stbasil.net that's www.stbasil.net or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page you may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website we thank you for any contribution and may our lord jesus christ always bless your heart and home